Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line when we're joined by Greg Wyshynski. He's the senior NHL writer at ESPN.com. He's the co-host of the Puck Soup podcast, and you can find him on Twitter at his last name, Wyshynski. Greg, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Uh, my pleasure. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you. So let's start with kind of an open-ended expansion draft question. When you saw the protected list, what were the biggest surprises for you of the guys that were not listed on those lists? As far as guys that were protected? Were not protected. Who was the biggest surprise that was left available in the expansion draft for you? Oh, it'd be Carey Price, 1 billion percent. I mean, you know, that's the story of the weekend. The Montreal Canadiens goalie waving his no-move clause to be uh, exposed in the expansion draft, ostensibly so they could keep backup goalie Jake Allen around. But the more you dig into it, the more you understand that, you know, Carey Price has some strong ties to the Pacific Northwest, to the Seattle area. And I think it's one of those deals where it's like, all right, if it doesn't work out, if they don't want to take on $10.5 million for a goalie uh, that may or may not have some health issues, then I stay in Montreal where I've been, you know, uh, happily a star for my entire career, or it's on to uh, more interesting times with the uh, Seattle Kraken and uh, moving on to a place where he obviously geographically feels comfortable playing. So without question, it was price, but a few others, I mean, you know, we sort of expected Nashville was going to drop uh, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, their top two centers, uh, in the uh, expansion pool, and that's exactly what happened. And oh, a couple of little things here and there. I thought it was interesting that uh, Philadelphia put both Jakob Voracek and James Van Riemsdyk uh, on their exposed list uh, after trading uh, Nolan Patrick away to the uh, Predators and who then moved them on to Vegas. I thought the expectation was one of those guys may end up uh, being protected because of that uh, slot being opened up. But a good number of high-profile, somewhat high-priced players available to the Kraken uh, in this expansion draft, to be sure. You know, Greg, I came into this expansion draft thinking that teams weren't going to fall into the trap that they did against the Vegas Golden Knights because Vegas, I mean, basically stole the show of getting players and then flipping them for draft picks and prospects and other better players, which put them in the cup final their first year. But after all of the reports right now out there of them selecting and teams already contacting Seattle, it kind of seems like we're going to see a lot of that this Wednesday, doesn't it? So there's a couple of things about that. Uh, First off, Seattle is really good at keeping the cards close to their vest. I was talking to somebody earlier today uh, that was talking about how in this part of the process, 
we knew a lot more about Vegas, uh, not only the players that they might select, but also some of the side deals that were they were engaging in on. And we simply don't know anything yet uh, to that end with Seattle in the same way. So they're, they're keeping this thing very quiet, much like they kept their coaching hire quiet until the morning of the press conference. Uh, so we may see a lot of names out there that are intriguing. We may see a lot of names that we're throwing on our mock drafts that may not actually be available because they've already kind of spoken to teams and, and brokered deals to try to leave those guys off their, their, uh, their claim list. Um, the price for those are high, though. Like we've, I've heard from some folks that they're asking for high-end prospects. They're asking for a first and a third as far as draft picks go to lay off of guys in the expansion draft. So the prices are high, which brings us back to the main question about this Seattle Kraken draft vis-a-vis the Vegas draft, which is how smart have GMs gotten? How reactionary are they going to be? Are we going to see moves where you know Alex Tuck and a first-round pick goes flying from uh, Minnesota to Vegas to try to keep them from selecting Matt Dumba? Are we going to see things like Shea Theodore getting traded from Anaheim to Vegas so they don't take Sammy Vatnin or Josh Manson? I don't know. And, and that's the real mystery about this, this draft on Wednesday is have the GMs just thrown up their hands and said, hey, look, it's a rigged process. We're going to lose good players. Nothing we can do about it. Let's not overreact. Or are we going to see more deals where the Kraken can acquire the same types of players the Vegas Golden Knights did with the pressure exerted by the protection list? Greg Wyshynski is our guest here on 101 ESPN. And Greg is a little bit of a follow-up, I guess, to that. The other question that I would have is how do the free agents play into this whole process as well? Because we know going into Wednesday, the Kraken currently have a little bit of a window here where they're the only team that can negotiate with some of these free agents. How much of an impact do you expect that to have? It could have a bigger impact for Seattle than it did for for Vegas. That's for sure. Um, You know, one thing that's kind of out there uh, and has been out there for for months is how much they like Chris Dreger, the uh, goaltender for the Florida Panthers. He's an unrestricted free agent. It's expected he's going to uh, be the uh, selection for Seattle from the Panthers because they may end up signing him before the expansion draft. Uh, So that's one bit of business that's out there. There's something that's kind of brewing, though, that's a possibility that I'm really intrigued by. Yanni Gord from the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, a really good, solid center for them, uh, was left unprotected. They went with the uh, four forwards and four defensemen protection scheme. Gord, who has a a bit of a long-term deal, is available to the Kraken. Both of his line mates, Blake Coleman and Barclay Goudreau, who formed arguably the best checking line in the playoffs for the last two seasons in those, those Lightning Cup teams, uh, are both free agents. And so, in theory, if the Kraken wanted to, they could reunite that entire line on their roster, which would be a, a heck of a thing to build around, if we're being honest. I mean, that's a, that's a tremendously good line. Yeah. Um, in, in any event, I'd still select Gord in the draft, but you talk about free agents, uh, Goudreau's now with the Rangers. He's available to be selected if you wanted to negotiate with him. Coleman's an unrestricted free agent. It's, it's one of those little plot lines to certainly keep an eye on for Wednesday. So, Greg, from the St. Louis perspective, I think a lot of people, I don't want to say surprised, but maybe a little taken back when they saw Vladimir Tarasenko's name exposed because despite all of the rumors, I think people were expecting Doug to protect him and possibly flip him at the draft. You know, we came into this week thinking Dunn would be the one selected, but from all the reports, it sounds like Tarasenko might be the clear-cut favorite for Seattle. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, I still think if I'm, uh, if I'm the Kraken, uh, I'm on Dunn. Uh, I'm a big Vince Dunn fan. I, I think in a, in a change of scenery, 
his game can still really blossom. I've seen some projections that maybe it ends up being Zach Sanford, uh, given how few uh, forwards of his ilk are available in the in the uh, expansion pool um, for the money that he's making, uh, and he is, he just ends up either restricted free agent too, so they're going to be able to control that a little bit more. I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, like you, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how the Tarasenko thing plays out. Um, I, I mean, obviously for for not only the Kraken but for teams around the league, his injury status and his his on the men from those shoulder surgeries is a big concern. But the other part of this too is you know if the Kraken do select him, his no trade clause doesn't go away. And if you're Seattle and you're thinking, okay, we want to have this asset and potentially flip it someplace else, much like how Doug Armstrong is, is attempting to do right now, I mean, Tarasenko does have a little bit of control there uh, if, in fact, they decide that they, they you know, don't necessarily want him on the roster. So that does complicate it a little bit, and I do think that there are other options available to the Kraken. But, you know, obviously a, a, a goal scorer of his abilities doesn't come uh, doesn't, doesn't come for free uh, very often, and I think the Kraken are doing their due diligence on, on whether or not to select it. So let's go down this hypothetical scenario, Greg. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter, at Wyshynski. Let's go down a scenario where the Kraken do decide to take Vladimir Tarasenko, and maybe they flip him, maybe they keep him, whatever ends up happening there. Let's go down the Blues path for a moment. You now have a $7.5 million salary slot that has come off of your books, Gabriel Landeskog is a guy that we've talked a ton about here in St. Louis over the last few weeks and really a couple of months since they were eliminated from the postseason. How much do you think he's going to be able to get in the free agent market and how good of a fit do you think he would be in St. Louis? It'd be a tremendous fit. I mean, he's, he's sort of a blue style player. If, if you could, you know, kind of label him that way, uh, tremendous quality of leadership, uh, tremendous hockey acumen uh, plays a, a physical style. I mean, you could easily, see him fit right into this forward group. And I don't necessarily think it's going to be for all that much more than the seven five that Tarasenko is making against the cap. I mean, it may be end up, be, end up being an eight over eight kind of deal or, or somewhere in that neighborhood. But, you know, there's still a part of me that is looking at the situation playing out in, in, uh, in Colorado and hearing all of these different teams that would be in on, on, uh, on Lannis Cog if they hit the market, the Islanders, I think are one of them that, there's been a lot of reports about their interest. And it all comes back to something I always say about any unrestricted free agent in the National Hockey League, which is at the end of the day, they just want to be where their stuff is. And his stuff's in Denver. Not only his family is in Denver, but the team that he has played for his entire career is in Denver. And I still remember the pain in Taylor Hall's voice when he got traded from the Oilers to the Devils. Not because he didn't want to be in Jersey, but because he wanted to see it to the, to the end in Edmonton, the thing that they were trying to build there, and he never got a chance to. And I do wonder at the end of the day if Landis Cog, more so than the money, more so than the years, looks at that Denver situation and that Colorado situation and says, I want to be here when this group lifts the cup because I've played my entire career to get there with this franchise. And you can't dismiss that when it comes to his hockey future. This could just be a lot of hardball that ends up with him staying in Denver. Well, the better part for Doug Armstrong to try and sell it, Greg, is to tell Gabriel, like, hey, you can see it to the end in Colorado <laughs> when we beat them, you know, in like the second round, and you could be on the other side of it, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, there is a certain amount of uh, a revenge inherent there. <laughs> I mean, that's why that's why there's, a, you know, all this speculation about Ryan Suter 
uh, potentially uh, signing with like Colorado. That's where I was going uh, next. Do you, do you yeah, think that could be a match sure for St. Louis? Yeah, or or St. Louis, right? Just to like to to to, to stick it to the Minnesota Wild, but. Yeah, the Landis Cog one's interesting. I mean, he's obviously such a high-profile player. There might even be some, some interest from the crack into that end, um, just because of, of what a incredible uh, he's got just incredible qualities to him yeah. on and off the ice that you want to add to your team. And but it's not like the Avalanche don't recognize that too. Right, Greg. Real quick, final one from me. You know, we've talked about the scenarios. You know, it seems very likely that Tarasenko is gone. If you miss out on Landis Cog, and if Matthew Kachuk really isn't an option then what next for the Blues? Because obviously they have a couple of holes that need to be filled, and I don't think Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman are going to fix that for Blues fans. No, they're not, and they might not even be here next year. I mean, I mean, it, it sounds like he's going to end up staying in Boston, but, I mean, you do have to investigate the Taylor Hall possibility. I think, again, he's the kind of player that has the kind of game that fits well with what St. Louis does. Um, but other than that, I mean, look, the, the downside – is a, a loss of talent, right, uh, of players that you just mentioned. Um, the upside is the acquisition of cap space, which is so valuable in this league right now under a flat cap. And, you know, there are going to be possibilities via the trade route to take on players that other teams are feeling a squeeze on. I mean, maybe a number of the players that we've seen exposed this week in the Kraken expansion draft. Um, you know, the, you lose a, pl- a couple players, you gain a couple players, just how the system works. Um, but if you're the St. Louis Blues, I mean, look, it, the, the shine from the Cup championship year is worn off, right? Um, last season was a real frustrating one. And the idea, much like what we're seeing in Nashville, for example, and what we're seeing in Minnesota, of kind of changing the mix to better your team, is, I, I think should be very much on the table right now for St. Louis. So you know, saying goodbye to some old faces is going to be part of that process, and uh, we'll see where it all leads. Can I ask you one final question here, Greg? Because our guy, Jamie Rivers, um, brought up the idea that if he was in charge of a team, he would be offer sheeting Kale McCarr this offseason. Because worst case scenario, you end up getting one of the best defensemen in the league and he's whatever, 22 years old. Uh, Best case scenario, you end up putting the Avalanche in a situation where they're going to have to give up maybe one or two of their big time free agents this offseason. Do you think we'll see a GM do that this offseason to give an, a significant offer sheet to, t- to Kale McCarr? Um, you'd love to see it, <laughs> but there, there's, there's two things you got to remember. One is that there is a certain honor among thieves. It's the reason why we don't see a lot of offer sheets in this league. I mean, the last one that we saw, I believe, was the Sebastian Ajo one from the Montreal Canadiens trying to poach him from uh, Carolina for the sole reason that they thought that um, Tom Dundon, the owner of the Hurricanes, was going to be uh, you know El Cheapo and, and not match the thing, but he matched the thing and was very angry about it. So we don't often see them, right? And then the other part of it, too, and it's the part that I think a lot of fans miss on when it comes to offer sheets, is you need a willing participant to sign one. And you got to remember that even if you sign one thinking, all right, this is just to better my bargaining position with my own team, the bottom line is that you've, you've stepped out of line. You like, you've put yourself ahead of the team. You've done something that does not fit within the hockey culture. And you may have caused a schism between yourself and management and maybe your own locker room. That isn't easy to fix. And that's the hesitancy that players have in engaging in this process. And, and so when we say, Hey, offer sheet, Kale McCarr, give him the, the, the moon. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense, but he's still the guy that has to put pen to paper on that offer sheet. And that's why it's, 
it's it makes sense, but at the same time, it may, may not be based in reality. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Greg, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We'll be watching, uh, trying to see what exactly plays out over the next couple of days with the expansion draft, and there's certainly plenty of adventurous stuff over the next few weeks in the NHL as well. Always appreciate it. We'll talk with you again soon. Thank you. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November, and with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.